Thank you for leading us in worship today. Uh, God bless you for being in church this morning. Thank you for your presence. Those who we have some outside, uh, listening uh, outside in our parking lot who don't yet feel comfortable to come inside, we welcome you and all those who are listening over the Internet. And that's a growing number, by the way, every week it seems. And uh, we welcome all of you who are listening now, uh, live stream. Yeah, we're in high technology these days. And then those who will listen later on as they get opportunity during the week. I'm glad that you are here. So I add my word of welcome to that which has already been given. I want to begin today by talking about promises. Um, there are promises that are easily broken, it seems. And perhaps you've had a promise given to you that was broken at some time. There are gifts that sometimes we're given that um, may come with strings attached. You ever have gifts like that? I'll give this to you, but uh, there are gifts that don't seem to be what they should be. Uh, I read an article this week of a man who talked about a gift that he got from his eight-year-old daughter. He said, well, I was shocked. It was my birthday. I was shocked that she gave me what she gave me because I knew she didn't have any money. But she gave me this beautiful book. It was a, one of these, what do you call it, a tabletop book. It was a beautiful colored picture book about Italy. It was beautiful. And I thought, how in the world could she have gotten me that book? And then I looked at it a little further. There was a card in it that said, please return to the library within two weeks. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Have you ever gotten a gift like that? Perhaps you have gotten a gift like that, one that uh, came with strings attached, no doubt about it. But I will tell you very quickly, that's not the kind of gift our Father gives us. Our Father gives promises that He keeps. He gives gifts that He gives out of His abundant goodness to us, for which we ought to be exceedingly grateful. We've been studying in the Gospel of John. Yes, I know for over a year we've been studying the Gospel of John. And at the rate I'm going, it's going to take another year to finish the Gospel of John. And I'm already working on the next series. And you might be shocked, it's out of the book of 2 Corinthians, a book I've never preached out of the entirety of the book. I've preached out of sections, but I've never preached the entirety of the of the. Pauline epistle of 2 Corinthians. I've just been reading it my only in my daily Bible reading and it's been blessing my socks off and I feel led of God to preach it down the road. But it'll be a while. But as we've been studying the middle portion of John 16, last week we saw a principle to remember. Do you remember it? That true joy comes not from substitution, but from what? Transformation. Thank you. True joy comes not from substitution, but transformation. As the Lord takes those difficult parts of our lives and times in our lives and transforms us through those difficulties, making us into what He wants us to be, a mature follower of Jesus Christ. So we saw that last week, a principle to remember. Today we see a promise to keep, a promise that he keeps. And then next week we'll see a position to claim, 
Okay, so stay tuned. Next week, a position to claim. Last week, a principle to remember. Today, a promise to keep. So we're going to look at John chapter 16, verses 23 through 28. Just a few verses this morning. John chapter 16, beginning with verse 23. There the Bible says, In that day you will not ask me anything. I assure you, anything you ask the Father in my name, He will give you. Until now you've asked for nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your what? Your joy may be complete. I have spoken these things to you in figures of speech. A time is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figures, but I will tell you plainly about the Father. In that day, you will ask in my name. I'm not telling you that I will make requests to the Father on your behalf, for the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and you have believed that I came from God. I came from the Father and have come into the world. Again, I am leaving the world and going to the Father. In the midst of these somewhat difficult to understand verses, we hear a tremendous promise that the Lord gives us. First of all, this morning, I want you to do a little word study with me. So first note the word usage in this text. Note the word usage. Obviously, this tiny paragraph focuses on prayer. And we'll talk about that just a bit. But you need to understand that as he talks about prayer, there are two words used for ask. So look back at that text. Even the verse before that, we didn't look at it today, but verse 19 and also in verse the first part of 23 and the first part of 26, he is using the word ask in a different way. It is the word to make a request, to ask something of someone who is your equal. You ask something from someone who is their equal. But there's another word used in the other verse, in the other portions of those same verses. For in the verse 23b, verse 24, and the latter part of verse 26, it means to ask or to request something of a superior. Why does that matter? Jesus never uses that latter phrase in reference to praying to God the Father. Now hold on. We are fixing, as we say in South Carolina, to come to John 17. John 17 is the greatest chapter in all the Bible. Okay, I say that with somewhat of a hyperbole because I say that about every chapter. But I'm telling you, put on your spiritual seatbelts about chapter 17 because it is the high priestly prayer. It is God the Son praying to God the Father. But he never uses in that text that word for pray or ask because Jesus is not inferior to God the Father. He is co-equal, co-existent, co-powerful with God the Father. God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, God the Father, all part of the triune Godhead. Not one is subservient to the other. So Jesus never uses that second word, 
But here's where it hits us. We do use that, sec that, that second word because we're asking of a superior. We do pray to one who is much superior to us. We pray as the inferior, praying to the superior. God help us. God bless us. God meet our needs. And he does. Look at verse 23. There's another little bit of word study we need to look at there. There Jesus says, In that day you will, know, you will ask me, not ask me anything. You will not ask me anything. I assure you, anything you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. What period of time did Jesus mean by in that day? Well, I believe he was talking about the time after the coming of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. We know that he would see them again. In fact, he references that in verse 22. We know he came back, of course, after the resurrection and spent how many days with them in Galilee? Forty days with them even in Galilee, Galilee, teaching them more things, instructing them, empowering them. But the time was coming when he would no longer be with them. And the Holy Spirit would be the one who would help them in their praying. So he said, in that day you will not ask me anything. Why? Because the Holy Spirit will be the one who helps us. And because of the promise we're fixing to see. So second, I want you to see the promise of a listening father. So Jesus had met all their needs whilst he was on the earth. He took care of them. He, he answered their questions. But he is soon to leave. And the power of the Holy Spirit, along with a listening father, enables believers, including the disciples and you and me, to have our prayers heard and responded to. Isn't that great? I mean, it's powerful. Look at verses 23 and 24. He knew that they could pray to the Father, and the Father would meet their needs. Now listen carefully. The Father loved them. The Father loved them and would hear their request and meet their needs. And that's a promise the disciples desperately needed. And if the disciples needed that, how about you and me? Don't we need to know that we have a loving Heavenly Father who listens to us? Uh, my grandchildren uh, are, of course, perfect, all of them. And uh, I try to tell that to their parents. Okay, I'm being somewhat facetious. But the other day, my youngest grandchildren were wearing my youngest daughter out. She spends much time with them. And it was mommy, 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 mommy. And when I'm over there, and Dale and I were over there yesterday, it's papa, 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 papa. And I've literally learned how to pivot my head back and forth real quickly because one is wanting me to watch something and the other is wanting me to watch something constantly. It's just, I'm just doing this constantly. Well, they were wearing my little daughter out. And I don't know if you as a mother or grandmother have ever been frustrated in your life, but apparently my sweet Allison got frustrated. And something came out of her mouth that we still to this day can't figure out how or why it came out. But she said, would you stop calling me mommy? Call me Linda. She was so tired of hearing the word mama and mommy. She said, call me Linda. So the rest of the day, 
Linda, 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 Linda. I said, where did that come from, Allison? I don't know, Daddy. It just came out of me. Well, she was just frustrated, I guess. She had heard the mommy, mommy, mommy so much she was about to go crazy. Let me just tell you, our Heavenly Father never gets tired of you calling His name. He's never going to ask you to call Him Linda or anybody else. He wants to hear from you. And that's the promise of a loving, listening Father. Now, while Jesus was on earth, He listened to them. But soon He's to return. And after that resurrection, and yes, after the ascension, He would be gone. Now, Jesus talks about prayer many times and in many ways. We see the examples of prayer in his own life. And as I told you, we're about to go into John 17. And you're going to see, listen to me, you're going to see that you're on the prayer list of Jesus. Now, that ought to encourage you. So we see him talking about prayer so much. We tell, he tells us to pray in his name because that has an efficacious benefit and a Effect, it affects everything. We're to pray in His name. We're to pray with His blessing. And so He teaches us here that He is now at the right hand of God the Father where He is interceding for you and me. We have the promise of a listening Father. But one of the great successes of the evil one over your life and my life and over the centuries has been to convince Christians that prayer is nothing but a drudgery, nothing but a duty. It's something you've got to check off. And if you're a little girl or a little boy, have you said your prayers? Yes, I'm checking it off. It's not something you check off. It's a day-long conversation. And if you wake during the night, as I do, it's sometimes a middle-of-the-night conversation. It is something the Father yearns, and that is to hear from you. I've told you a thousand times. I like to talk to my girls every day. I want to. I don't get to. But if I had my desire, I'd be talking to them every day. I love to hear from my daughters. Now, my Laura, sweet Laura, she's done gone into real estate. And she thinks her daddy knows everything. So I get a call from Laura almost every day, sometimes two, three, four, five about real estate things. Now, why? I don't know anything about real estate. But she thinks Daddy does, so that's all I care about. So go ahead and call me, honey. I'll make up an answer. She'll say, thank you, Daddy. And go on with it. Okay, I, maybe I'm exaggerating. Maybe there's a little hyperbole there. Maybe I know a little bit, but I love to hear from my children. God loves to hear from you. Don't listen to the evil one. It is not a duty. It is not a drudgery. It is not an obligation. It is not something that is a chore to us. It is the key to intimacy with God. It is the key to personal revival. It is the key to victory in this world. So Jesus examples for us this powerful principle that He had a loving, listening Father. We have a loving, listening Father the disciples desperately needed to know that. Jesus was about to leave them. Soon, soon, just days later, he would be gone. The hope they had would leave them. And they needed to know 
You're not going to be asking me anymore. But you got a loving, listening Father and a Holy Spirit to interpret those groanings for you. And I'm going to be right beside the Father said, help her out, help him out. Isn't that good? The promise of a loving, listening Father. And then last, learn of the change in Jesus' ministry to his disciples. In those latter verses, 25 through 27, we see this new situation. That because of the ascension unto the Father, because of the coming of the Holy Spirit, he would now speak to them plainly. He would no longer speak to them in terms that needed some kind of spiritual insight. He would speak to them plainly because now the Holy Spirit would be able to help interpret. He had used a number of symbolic images in the past, but now he would speak to them clearer. And because of the power of the Holy Spirit, they would be able to understand. He didn't need them there to explain all these concepts anymore. Isn't that powerful? Even today, we study the Word of God. Why? To learn profound truths? Yes. But even more than that, it's so that we will learn who the Father is. So that we will understand Him better. So look at verse 25 once again. He said, I've spoken these things to you in figures of speech. A time is coming when I will no longer speak to you. I will tell you plainly about the Father. We need to hear about the Father. We need to hear about who He is and how He loves and how He listens. But yes, we need to continue recognizing the intercessory ministry of our Lord Jesus who pleads for us. So our Lord Jesus ministers as our advocate, restores us when we confess our sins. His ministry in heaven makes possible our ministry of witness on this earth. You study the book of Acts, which follows the book of John. You will see how much the early church depended upon prayer. Prayer. 